This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. It is Ring of Gambling. Happy Tuesday, one and all. Joe House, John Jastrzemski, ready to rock for the conference finals. I got a couple of PJA picks that, I'm going to need the seal of approval from when it comes to Mr. House. Buddy, we survived our birthday weekends. How the hell are you? Well, not only did we survive, the weekend arrived with a cherry on top with our four-legger same-game parlay Celtics-Bucks Friday night, JJ. That that was uh, the perfect way to enter the weekend and set us up for these conference finals we have in front of us. This is going to be a great week. Um, Did you survive your, your birthday? I did. I mean, I probably had an all-time bad Sunday golf round. We had some redemption Monday at the CSI golf outing at Richmond County. We didn't get through 18 holes, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, I would say I'd survived. And, you know, you mentioned that same game parlay. I'm thrilled we hit it. Thanks to our friends over at FanDuel for making it happen. You and I were talking through the idea of hedging it out, though, like first, second quarter, because we're like, the Celtics got this. Tatum is on a roll. Giannis hit the three early and we're like, should we buy back on this over? Cause we had the under ended up cashing with ease. Dude. Yeah, I did. I went ahead and did a tiny bit on the, uh, over anyhow. It didn't, you know, just, just to have something in place just to really lock in the under. Really. That's what that was. That was an investment. You make an extra investment in the portfolio just to guarantee the outcome that you want. Because we, you know, if I, if I touch something live betting, you know, it's going to go the opposite direction. And that's exactly, we, we just, we, we conv- had a, a, a perfect confirmation that the under was going to get delivered. Uh, we didn't do a pod before game seven. 
I love the Celtics, dude, because of what the betting line was, because of the fact that it seemed like everybody was coming in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee just looked like a team that ran out of gas. That's what it boiled down to. Like, Giannis is going to be Giannis, of course, but those supporting players around him, the absence of Middleton was just, it, it, it was too much for them against the Celtic team that had everything cooking. Tatum got to where he needed to be. The role players stepped up. Grant Williams played out of his mind in game seven. Bucks couldn't overcome that. And I had a pretty good feeling. There was in the first quarter a couple of opportunities for Pat Connaughton to knock down some threes. And, and what you had to believe if you were on the Bucks. and I, I didn't bet the game. I stayed away from it. Um, you had to believe that the Bucks roll guys, that Grace Allen and, and Pat Connaughton were going to knock down open jumpers, and they didn't, and that was it. And Giannis tried to impose his will, but to your point, you know, that, that second half, I think he was four for 16 from the field, something like that. And you could see he was trying to get to the hole. He was trying to get to the free throw line. He just didn't have it. And that's not a knock on the Bucks. like very valid uh, and valiant defense of, of their uh, NBA championship last year. It's just a bummer that Middleton was out. Now we get to this conference final. It's the one seed in the East taking on the two seed in the East. And even though the Miami Heat have home court advantage in this series and they'll start game one of the conference finals later on tonight, the betting line for this series house indicates a theme that you have hit on. I know the Podfather has hit on it. And a lot of NBA people have kind of proclaimed, hey, the Bucs and the Celtics were the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. I think that's why you're seeing Boston, right, installed as a minus 170, 180 favorite, despite the fact that they don't have home court advantage in this series. Yeah, and, and you know, the funny thing with Miami is we've talked about this on this pod over the last month as well. It's not like their home court situation is exactly an advantage <laughs> either way. I mean, it's it's a comfort thing. For their guys, and this will be another matchup where if they get great performances from from guys like Max Struess, uh, you know, if there if there are guys on the uh, perimeter knockdown threes, if we see Duncan Robinson, now you know that's a that's a two two uh, headed coin there. If you if you get the offense out of Robinson, it means the Celts will hunt him on defense. But you know the 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 thing always comes down to what's the comfort level of the secondary players. And for Miami, the single vulnerability that we've identified, we saw it a little bit in that Philly series, they don't have a ton of scoring punch. They have some upfront scoring ability, but like, you know, if, if, if the ball has to rotate around, it's not, you know, you, you're not worried about Gabe Vincent on, on balance killing you. That's the thing that Miami has, has missed out on. And so I, I, I you know, I understand why Boston is favored, I think, um, notwithstanding tonight, and I, we'll talk, we'll go through the way the script might play out tonight. Um, Miami hasn't really played a defense like this in a long time. It's going to be kind of like a, an awakening, and you can't prepare for it until it's physically in your face. Now, they're going to have a tired Celtics team, and that's what, what we'll try and handicap tonight. But I just think on, on balance, Miami's got to, you know, I, I, they had all that rest, plenty of time to prepare, but it's a, until you're, it's, it's right in your face, how are they going to navigate this Boston defense? I think that's a good point. And I also think you hit on something that's going to decide this series. 
the secondary players, not the Butlers and not the Tatums of the world. You got to expect that they're going to go and ball out. Jimmy Butler has balled out this entire postseason. I don't expect that to change. Tatum, over the last couple of games, played out of his mind. Played like a legitimate top five to top seven player in the NBA. I expect him to be on his game in this series. I think we're talking about the heroes and the Struces, and you compare that to the Marcus Smarts and the, the Grant Williamses of the world. I think what they do game to game in many ways, House, is going to decide who ends up winning this thing. You're right about Boston's defense. I think that will be an adjustment for Miami, but I also think Miami has a little FU attitude in them. And that is something that the Celtics, I'm going to say it point blank, haven't dealt with enough. The Nets clearly didn't have it. And even the Bucs, listen, Giannis is a badass. Giannis responded in game five. But up and down that roster, you, you I didn't see it within the Bucs in game six and game seven. I think Miami will have that within this series. Like I, let's put it this way. I do not think this is a quick series between these two teams. I think this is going at least six or seven games. I feel the exact same way. Uh, my single biggest regret of this series is that there wasn't one more night that we that they're starting tonight with the Celtics having arrived down in Miami late Sunday after that game seven clincher Sunday afternoon and really having like, 24 hours on Monday to recuperate and game plan and then hitting the the the, the floor tonight. Um, it feels like, you know, if we were looking at this during the regular season, you'd say there's the potential for a, letdown. It's a schedule oh, loss. Oh, this would be let down Miami spot written all over it. I know the lack of rest and Miami's rest is going to be a narrative that a lot of people hit home. I look at it the other way, though, House. I think the Celtics have found themselves the last two games again. I think the idea that they're riding this high going into the conference finals, I think could work to their advantage. And the other thing with Miami is they haven't played in a couple of days. Sometimes you don't play for a couple of days. You lose you lose the feel a little bit. You lose the juju a little bit. So this line right now for tonight, the Heat are favored by two. The total has fallen two and a half points from 206 and a half. It's down to 204. I'm saying it point blank. I like the Celtics tonight. I think the Celtics are going to be ready for this game. I think the Celtics have like a confidence and a swagger about them that you're going to see right out of the gate. They did not start off the conference semifinals well against Milwaukee. I like them tonight, bro. Maybe put me on an island, say I'm insane. I think the Celtics show up right out of the gate for this series. See, I showed up uh, yesterday, jumped on the Celtics. I already have a ticket with them on it. And then over the course of yesterday afternoon into today, lots of smart folks, lots of NBA uh, uh, Illuminati out there in, in the gambling scene, a lot of sharp action coming in on Miami. Interesting. See, I'm surprised by that because I feel like the entire world is going to be on Miami because of the rest narrative. So, so Boston is the public play. Um, and you know, the lines, uh, moved a tiny bit because sharps have come in on, on Miami. Uh, but there were line was one and a half. It's up to two. The, uh, thing that, that, um, gives me pause is like some of the historical trend stuff, like game seven winners coming into game one. This is from our buddy Raheem Palmer. Uh, only 39% of the time do they, they come in. So that means 61% of the time, the, um, 
you know, the, the, the team that, that has the rest that didn't play in the game seven, um, both covers and wins outright. So, you know, that's not an enormous um, number, but it, it's enough. Like, you know, that produces a, a, a winning edge. Um, and I just worry, like, Smart is questionable. I expect him to play. Miami's already declared Lowry out. So Miami knows what they intend to do coming into this game. If they come in and we see right away Hero hit a couple bu- buckets and Max Struess hit a couple buckets and they, they feel comfortable and Bam, you know, Bam is is going to have now a, a challenge that's different from what he had against the Sixers because the Celtics can go come at him with Horford, with Williams, maybe even a little Danny T, you know, it, it, in his face. They're kind of a multi-headed monster. They're a little more um, flexible uh, in terms of the defense that they're going to throw at, at Bam. And I wonder who we're going to see on Jimmy Butler. Is it going to be Grant Williams? You know, the success. I think you'll see had. a little Williams. I think yeah. you'll see a little of Tatum. I think you'll see a little bit of Brown. I think they'll throw a lot of different bodies at him would be my guess. So uh, the, 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 the sharp stuff seems to be Miami and the under, even with the number at, at, at 204. Um, and it's because, like, the, the early leans are all talking about how incredible these defenses have well, been. Well, I like the under in this game. So we're, we're definitely going to fire on that because the defenses are going to be terrific. And I think Miami not playing for a couple of days, you wonder about, all right, how's their shot going to be? And in Boston, okay, how are their sea legs after playing a game seven? Like, I think they'll be into the game. I think they'll be, you know, with, dealing with the intensity and the fire that you're looking for. But is the accuracy from three exactly where it needs to be? That's where I'm going to bet no. So we're on any under. Uh, you seem to be like leaning Celtics, but you have cold feet on the Celtics. Is that a good way to interpret it? Yeah, I fired on the Celtics money line. Um, but you're not getting on, out of it now. There's no turning back. Well, all I'm saying, I'm not going to bet on Miami. Um, okay, at, so you're sticking stage. to your guns. Good. But but uh, it's not a strong conviction. I'll just put it that way. Okay. I, I, I'm prepared for it for it to be an L for me. How do we feel about the series price? I, I would not lay Boston at minus 175. I think you're better off going game to game. I agree. Because I think if you end up getting a 2-2 scenario, you might get a better price on the Celtics than what you're getting right now. I think if you like Miami and you like Miami tonight, you would fire on that plus 145. That would be I, my guess. Yeah, I think I think that's right because that that's uh you know for for um bef- before the script for tonight plays out, that that price will change, you know. Uh they win obviously tonight, but that th- this feels like to me a must game for Miami. Um like, they I'll can't... take it a step further, House. I think if they're going to win this series, they got to win the first two games at home. Well, that there is um, another historical trend for um, game win one winners in in conference finals. If you win game one in a conference finals, it's something like uh, seventy out of a hundred times that team goes on to win the series. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense considering, hey, a lot of times the star player, the top-notch player is going to win game one of a series. And in this series, here's the question, too. Tatum or Butler, who's the best player in the series? I think as of right now, it's Tatum. As it, much it, as I love what Jimmy Butler is doing, and remember, Jimmy Butler played out of his mind taking on these Celtics a couple of years ago. Tyler Hero played out of his mind taking on these Celtics in the, bu- in the bubble 
Eastern Conference Finals, which feels like another lifetime ago. Let's be honest. It feels like another lifetime ago, for goodness sakes. But this has got to be Tatum's moment to shine here. This has got to be his series. If he is to be the top five, top seven NBA player I think he's ascending to, you ball out. So it's great because he doesn't have an incredible record against Miami. This is, again, from the good friends over at Action Network. He's played Miami 21 times. And he's scored 28 points or more only five times. Wow. Very un-Jason Tatum-like. Well, because, you know, the combination of pace and they try and force the ball out of his hands. Like, Miami has a very affirmative game plan when it comes to Tatum. Um, His point total for tonight is 26 and a half. I mean, I'd be inclined to play the under. I'm looking at Celtics in six. That's how I think we should bet this series, by the way, for what it is worth. Eastern Conference Finals. We want to take Celtics in six. Hmm, here we go. Plus 290. That's the, uh, out of the Celtics odds, um, that's the most likely outcome, right? The, what, what's well, the, Celtics what's the game in seven? five is plus 500. Yeah. Celtics in seven is also plus 500. Yeah, yeah. Celtics so the, in four plus 800. So they're weighing, they're, they say Celtics in six is, is price-wise um, the most sort of likely outcome if you're going to be on the Celtics. Correct. Okay. I don't. I don't mind it. I mean, you know, I, I uh, am not going to change my opinion that the Celtics um, are going to play in the NBA Finals this year, and I think they're going to split for sure um, down in Miami. And I honestly just think they're they're probably going to win Game Two because I think probably Miami's going to win tonight. But you know, I'm I'm prepared for all outcomes. I obviously already wagered on the Celtics, uh, and then they handle their business. At home, um, the others all come to shine, and then you know they 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 um, lose one and then win one. All right, so we're both in on the Celtics. Even though I have a future on the Heat to win the title, I think the Celtics are going to win this series. They've looked like the better team. All right, now we get to the stunner in the West. How stunned are you that we're watching the Dallas Mavericks take on Golden State? And we talked up the Mavs. We were believers in the Mavs. I didn't think they were winning this series, especially. The, the way the first two games of this series played out, House, are you serious? How, how in the world did Dallas win this series? So I, I hate that we have another Chris Paul injury story. I mean, but that's, that's what we have. The difference in his mobility from game three onward, if you're going back and looking, I can't, you can't pinpoint the exact moment, but then he limped out of the stadium. They reported it, you know, Sunday night. Uh, left uh, quadricep injury. And, you know, that puts a sort of shine on how disastrous that performance was by Phoenix. I don't understand the leadership element, though. Like, this is the thing that that sticks in my craw. Everybody's exhausted from watching all of the pundits yesterday go bananas. I mean, Pat Beverly walked in there uh, and absolutely ambushed Chris Paul. But the thing that I take issue with, the thing that 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 um, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed by, is just the, the the basic pride element. If Monty Williams is is the coach of the year, and he is, and he won it, and Chris Paul is this all time leader, not just like you know on the court, one of the most well respected players in in all of the NBA, notwithstanding Pat Beverly, and like the, you know the boy, he's the players rep on the union for Christ's sakes. Where is the leadership? Like, it wasn't that Dallas did anything 
extraordinary. They had scored 54 points in the first half. It's like, like a regular Dallas performance. But the collective just cowering by, by Phoenix is what I can't. That, that's a, there's a psyche thing there. The only guy that, that looked like he, he was prepared to play hard was Crowder. Uh, you know, you saw a little bit of Cam Johnson, you know, with a couple bit of, of, of buckets. But, like, where, where, where was Booker? This is the first time you've been double teamed. It's the first time you've been blitzed. Uh, the ball didn't move. Mikhail Bridges was completely MIA, and we hit on Bridges at the end of last week. This guy's making $21 million a year. Like, Phoenix is in an existential crisis now. Now, you know, maybe you say, oh, well, it was Chris Paul got hurt, and that was really it. We never really came up with an answer to address it, but just a flat-out disappearance. It's just not be competitive. That's the part that I, I, I just can't get over it. They'll never recover that group. Mark it down. They will never recover from a loss like that because Paul's not getting any younger. The NBA keeps getting better. They won 63 of 64 games. They're coming off a year where they made the NBA Finals. How's Mark it down? The Suns may be a good team next year. They will not get back. They, they won't. This was the year. This was their opportunity. I don't think this team is winning a title like it's currently constructed. Like this Booker, Chris Paul, Bridges, Aiden group, they, are not, they will not win a title. Well, they Aiden's gone. Aiden's obviously yeah, gone. They're going to move him. They're yeah, going to move they, him. They, something happened maybe in the lead up to the game or actually during the game where, you know, Monty Williams and Aiden are, are, are now sworn enemies, it seems. What a mess. Not what my mess. problem, not my issue, as I like to say. Hey, it's it's good to see other teams, considering my team and your team are totally irrelevant in the <laughs> NBA playoff picture. Hey, <laughs> turmoil, distress, welcome to World World. Okay, Western Finals now. So it's a surprise. It's the Lucas Show. Taking on all reliable, the Golden State Warriors, who have the firepower, have the pedigree, but are not the same title warriors that we saw a couple of years ago where they won 73 games, where they added Kevin Durant. They were this unstoppable force. They are not that team. I think we saw that in the Memphis series where they struggled. I mean, they were down six minutes to go in game six. They lose by 50 some points in game five. They could have lost game four. They could have lost game one. My question with Dallas, I know Luke is going to get his. I know he's going to put on a show. What can they get from the supporting players in this series? I noticed that's a trend in each the East and the Western Conference Finals. But the reality is, I know Golden State has a variety of secondary scoring sources. What is Dallas getting from those secondary scoring sources? They need it if they have any chance to win this series. So that's funny. You trust Golden State's secondary scoring sources more than, than Dallas's because Dallas made the most three-pointers of any team, in, in, I think, in the entire playoffs in that series just now uh, against Phoenix. Yeah, which you wouldn't sure that, though. You, you wouldn't say. Phoenix you, team. Yeah. And a broken Utah team. Now, I know. Up, are they going to get those same looks against the Warriors? I'm not sure about that. Why not? That's I'm the just thing, not right? sure about that. Haven't we I know been... Golden State's defense has not been great. I just cannot envision uh, knowing. I, I think Golden State's game plan is going to be, Luca, go nuts. You want to get 50 points? Go get 50 points. We will let you do that. We're going to take away those other guys. I think that's what current company are thinking about going into Wednesday. We'll let Luca get his. We're not letting the other guys get theirs. Yeah, so... You were talking about Golden State's ability 
to limit Brunson and Dinwiddie and uh, Dorius Finney and uh, I mean Dorian, Dorius, Dorian and uh, um, uh, Maxi Kleber. And I'm here to say maybe, maybe I you know I'm I need to see it like the, that uh, Golden State defense is so inconsistent. Um, we know for sure that they'll be content with with um letting Luca have his, but letting Luca has his have his does have a knock on effect. I think that's what we watched happen in that game seven. Luca did get his. There were some incredible shots, but it buoyed his teammates. His teammates are like, "Hey, look at Lu- Luca's out here. Look at the swag Luca has. Look how happy he is. He's talking to the fans over there on the court side." He has nothing to fear. He, he he's playing. It's all free money for Luca. What's going to change in this series against Golden State in terms of that attitude that Luca has and the ability of that attitude to filter down to those guys and raise everybody's confidence level up? So you are guessing that that swagger element brings up the role players of the Mavs. I think it's got to bring up their level of intensity on defense. They've played some really good defense at times in this postseason. Give Jason Kidd credit for that. That, to me, is Dallas' M.O. in having a chance, too, of winning this series. Grinding so they, out these games, yeah. getting, getting in the face of Curry, getting they in the face Steph. of Thompson, getting they in the face Clay. of Cole. That, that, that is what their, I think, blueprint and script is going to be in order to win this series. Other guys hitting threes, getting after it on D, disrupting and getting at, getting the Warriors out of their element. Because when the Warriors are in their element, man, they're, they're, they're runaway freight trains still. Well, they we, still we, have that element on offense that they bring to the table. We lost our our, uh, our, our wager on that one because, you know, we had uh, Memphis getting, was it six? Eight. No, we were in Eight. great shape. We're all the way shape. until the last four minutes, and then that's it. They go on a run. It's 12. It's 14 games over. And you look up and you say, how in the world did that just happen? Yep. So that, and they can do that. But the interesting thing is only at home, right? So all Dallas needed, so that that series with Phoenix was just home, 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 home. You know, nobody won on the road until game seven. And, you know, I there isn't enough of a price available on Dallas on yeah, the, you don't want, well, on the it's series money down line. A lot. And so yeah. I, I was going through this over the weekend. I'm like, all right, Golden State, Dallas, what is the series price going to be? I thought it'd be Golden State minus 250. That was my guess. That's kind of where it opened up. It has moved down. So that tells you that some folks buying into the Mavericks, thinking, hey, I don't want to lay the money with the Warriors. Let's roll the dice a little bit here with Luka. Maybe bank on the fact that he's going to be the best player in this series. And let's go with Dallas here in this situation. I'm not comfortable doing that. My gut right now for how I'm going to play this series, I'm going to take Golden State minus one and a half games. Because okay. I don't see them getting denied here in this spot. Okay. I, 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 I would be very, very surprised if Dallas won this series. So very surprised. You would say, and you'll take great confidence from like the version of Clay that we saw in that in that closeout game. Absolutely. Because that's the version. Absolutely. And and you know, they they really did find a nice um balance with pool. They are getting back. Otto Porter um apparently is going to be available to come off the bench. Um it seems like Iguodala is going to be available. They need all hands on deck. Um 
to 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 you know take away that perimeter challenge that that Dallas presents. Uh, and if they get both of those guys, um, and they have that that defensive, like you know, Draymond is the defensive quarterback. He'll he'll be there, but he won't be on Luca. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, like rover role will he play Kleber and then Rove. You know, will they throw some double teams? That that's the interesting aspect of this matchup. I've heard people say that Kuminga might start off on Luca just to give him some physicality that he has expendable fouls. Go ahead and let um, Kuminga go. You know, catch that. But maybe it it agitates um, Luca a, a little bit. So there are some interesting um, aspects to this. I like um, the line was five. It opened the the the, the line tomorrow night, um, Golden State by five. I kind of like Dallas with the points. Interesting. I don't hate it, by the way. I don't hate it. Even though I think Golden State is ultimately going to win this series. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of tight games in this series. Me too. Which you did not have in the Dallas Phoenix series. The Dallas Phoenix series was a polar opposite of that, right? Like where every game was like, with the exception of, I think it was either game one or game two, it, it, it felt like they were comfortable, working margins. Games were over inside of five minutes. Golden State has this ability to be lulled for three, three and a half quarters and boom, turn it on. I'm with you for game one. I like the Warriors to win the series. I'm going to take them minus one and a half games. But for game one, I'm locking in the Mavs and we're getting five and a half, by the way. Not even okay. Five. Okay. Five okay. Okay. I like it. Let let so I I don't have any reason to argue with you on your Golden State um series bet. What's By the, the way, number? minus one ten on that series bet. That's exactly what that's what I wanted to hear. Minus one and a half is basically just pay the juice to, even to money. Vegas. I'll take yeah. that for even money. Warriors yeah. to win this series in less than in six seven games. games. Done. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm not going to argue with it. I, I'm I'm not going to jump in on that, but I'm not going to argue with it. So what would be your take on the series then? Warriors oh, and how many? I think Warriors in seven. I really do think so that. Do you think this, we're getting a seven game series here? Because okay. of the the coronation of Luca. Like, this was the, the big open question with Luca. We talked about it on Friday. Luca going into a game seven, it'll be his first round two game seven. And boy, he showed us something. He showed us a, a, a ceiling that, that keeps going up as far as I'm concerned. And performance wise, it was kind of a regular Luca game, it was a great game. But what he showed attitude-wise, and that maybe I'm overhyping this, but what he showed us in his ability to take his team and bring them up to a whole level, the whole team was so infused with his just like, we we don't give a shit about you, Phoenix. We could care. We are going to come out here and kick your ass uh, and f- up 46 points in the third quarter. I think they they, they did a good job of it. All right, so it seems like we're both on the Warriors and the Celtics to win these respective series. Who do you like more? If you had to make one series wager right now, and I know we're not doing it officially, who are you more confident in? Boston to win the series or Golden State to win the series? And we're saying no injuries, right? No injuries, yes. Right here, right now, going into game one of the conference finals. Boston. I'm going to say Golden State. Oh, that's great. Okay. I'm going to say Golden State. Yeah. Because I respect Miami that much. I still need to see it from Dallas. I do. Like, don't get me wrong. Luka's great. Fair. I, I, I need to see Dallas. Fair. Western Finals against a team that's been there, done that. Go, uh, I, I would be stunned if the Golden State Warriors are not playing in the finals. And full disclosure, I'm rooting like crazy for Dallas. 
It's, so with all it, that being on the table, I'm rooting like crazy for Luke Van Dallas. It's not so a know. secret. Like I, I said this on this pod. I thought that Boston Milwaukee series was the two best teams in the entire NBA and the level of play between those teams and their ability to adapt and all of the personnel flexibility that they have. I, I, so I just haven't been persuaded uh, that there's anything different. And, and I didn't love all of, I don't like teams taking games off. I don't like a 50 point loss. Yeah. It bothers you. I understand that. Yeah, I so totally that's all. get that. That's it bothered all. me too. Okay. Yeah. Before we say goodbye. PGA Championship this week. I know Fairway Rolling is going to yeah. have it covered every which way. We did this with the Masters. We're going to do it again now for this tournament. I have three guys that I've kind of identified and I have circled as potential wagers and potential plays. I want to get your grade. One of them is Chalky. I don't care. Scheffler's playing out of his freaking mind. He's the best player in the world right now. I still think you're getting a pretty decent number at... 11 to 1 or 12 to 1, depending on where you can get it. Scheffler, I think, has a great chance to win this tournament. But forget about him. He's obvious. Spieth, who could have won this weekend. Normally, I, I don't like that. I kind of like that he didn't win, though. He he has like the that 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 area, you know, he's a Texas guy. A lot of people are saying, hey, Scheffler, he's the, the new Texan in town. Spieth's price, dude. I'm in on that. And then the last one, because he's played great and he's been in a lot of these, and I think he's due to win one, Cam Smith. So Scheffler, Spieth, Cam Smith. How are we feeling about those prices? So I am going to be playing all three of those guys in a lot of different ways. Most of my money will go into head-to-heads with those guys where they only have to beat one other guy. The the odds for the outrights are never, you know, to outright win the tournament, never compensate you for the risk, but it's fun to say I bet on the winner. Correct. So I want to have a little, a little juice in the game, for sure. I want to share a couple nug- nuggets for you, and you can hear um, some more of the deep dive on the Fairway Rolling podcast. We did a preview that's up right now uh, yesterday, and then we're going to do, we're taping another show with our um, incomparable uh, analytics guy, Justin Ray, who um, that'll be up later tonight or Wednesday morning. This is what but- you call synergy, by the way. Podfather would be very proud that we are promoting and cross-promoting all sorts of pods within the Ringer podcast. Network. We're, we're trying to give out winners here across yes. the board. The Ringer is all about giving out winners, JJ, as you know. So let's start with Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler has, is on the record as proclaiming Southern Hills his favorite golf course on planet Earth. Wow, it's his favorite okay. course on Earth. He won the Big 12 championship at Southern Hills. Now, this was before the renovation undertaken by Gil Hans uh, and his team, one thing that came out in some of the research, uh, hat tip to Steve Hennessy over at Golf Digest, the architect of Southern Hills is a guy named Perry Maxwell. Now, he is relevant to a certain golf course down in Augusta, Georgia, and he's relevant to that golf course in the following way. While the design and architecture of the footprint down at Augusta was all Alistair McKenzie, the actual building of the greens, the design of the greens at Augusta National, those contours and so forth, Perry Maxwell. So there is an enormous linkage between Augusta National and the shape of the greens and the the kind of um, target elements that are present at Augusta and Southern Hills. And you just rattled off three guys 
the most played well or have had prior experience playing well at Augusta. There we go. So one of the things that has um, uh, been featured as an element of Gil Hans's renovation of Southern Hills includes taking what was previously rough around um, the, the green complexes. All of the greens have been raised somewhat and he shaved all of the grass around them. Another feature that is not that dissimilar from what you find at Augusta. And so what you want are the guys with those up and down ability, that ability to be a little off the green, but still going to save par. You want the guys with the magic hands. Now, who are, who would you say at the top of the list of the magic hands guys, Jordan Spieth at the very top of the list, especially around Augusta and right there alongside of him, as far as I'm personally concerned, Cam Smith. Cam Smith, especially with a putter in his hands, his putting is incomparable at Augusta National. He was on that leaderboard the entirety of the four rounds. We just watched it a month ago. He's clearly in good form. So, look, I, I don't have any reason at all to, to, to talk you out of any one of your plays. I'm going to be on all three of them. Most of my allocation when it comes to those guys will be in head-to-heads, looking for guys who, who they're matched up against um, who don't have that same kind of presence of success at Augusta as any of those three. But JJ, I think you built a pretty good card. I'm very happy to hear this. I'm going to have them in matchups every which way. If there's one other guy we could throw in house that you would like to throw in, who would you add to that trio? So I, I, I have two guys that I'm, uh, two. I like circled. this. I like that you give me two. Good. I'm on Hideki Matsuyama okay. for all of the reasons of the parallels with, with the masters, with Augusta national, another green jacket where in Hideki, Hideki fired a 62 on Sunday. We were worried about Hideki because he kept pulling out of tournaments earlier in the season with some kind of neck impingement. He managed to get through the masters. He finished in the top 20 at the masters. So that did not hold him back. And then there's just tur- this tournament. In, in McKinney, Texas, TPC Craig Ranch, 62 on Sunday, was inside the top five. He's in form. He's feeling good. I like Hideki. Another guy a little bit like just off the radar, you don't hear a ton about, only in the golf community, Shane Lowry has been on an absolute heater. That's the Northern Irishman who won the Open Championship uh, back in 2019. He's finished inside the top 25 of every one of the last 10 events that he's, he's played in. Um, he was, uh, he finished tied for third at Augusta. He just uh, went went right from Augusta up the coastline to Hilton Head and damn near won at Hilton Head at, the, at, at Heritage and, and uh, just a, a, a small flub at the end of that on, on Sunday afternoon. He was, he, he could have won the golf tournament, um, but he, he played himself out of it. He took a little rest after the Zurich. So that's another guy, major championship pedigree, good at Augusta. Hideki, Shane, both foreign guys that I, I like on my dance card this week. I like it, House. There's a whole lot to chew on. Check out Fairway Rolling. Our family parlay, let's keep it simple. You both, We both like the Mavs. We both like the under tonight. Two-teamer. Let's just do it. Let's just do a nice two-legger to, to get the week started off right. There you have it. Mavs plus the five and a half under in the Heat Celtic game one of the conference finals. I know this, House. Neither one of our teams is winning the lottery, just so you know. <laughs> I don't think we'll be celebrating that. I I think the Knicks are still getting the bad karma from winning the Ewing lottery from before I was born. So just just letting you know that. Unbelievable. They have not moved up in the lottery since then, might I add. Not once. (laughs) The the last time the Wizards moved up in the lottery, John Wall was the number one overall pick. So, 
you know, take that for what you will. One of my favorite college players of all time, might I add. Well, you know, he was good in college. He was. And uh, <laughs> he had his moments in the NBA, he but did not, did not live up to what you and uh, Wiz Nation was thinking. All right, How House, we need it. always a pleasure. Check out Fairway Rolling. We are back, by the way, Thursday this week, not Friday. I got to be disruptive because I have a wedding to go to. So if you follow us here on the Ringer Gambling feed, I'll tweet this out as well. Thursday, House and I are rocking with a pod, not on Friday. All right, buddy. Enjoy. Thanks, JJ. Good work, Stefan. We're back Thursday. Ring of gambling. Signing off. Be good, everybody.